Hey, welcome to The Spew. I'm your host, Margie. Generally speaking, the spew is going to be about, well, whatever I want to spew out of my mouth. And I won't always seem to be perfectly on point with every type of topic, whether it's political or child raising or whatever. I'm going to go from here to there and everywhere because that's kind of how I am. It's my prerogative, all right? But when it comes to the environment, nah, I'm going to stick with rooting for the planet every time because the way I see it, The planet can do just fine without us. If every human on the planet dropped dead, the planet would be just fine. However, if we kill off this planet, we're screwed. So it's worth looking into what are we doing to this planet and how can we stop making a mess of things. Right now, the biggest thing for me is red tide. Now, granted, I live in Florida, but if you were to visit Florida ever in your lifetime... Oh, hey, how'd you get there? It's FaceTime, Grandma. Guess what? What you loved here, yes, I'm even talking about the Magic Kingdom, could be in jeopardy because of this. He's up there, pal. We'll think of something. This is basically... The canary in the coal mine. And right now, that canary's about to drop dead because of red tide. So what is red tide? What's going on in Florida? How can you be a help to it? And what's the history behind this whole mess? I'm going to try and tackle that with this podcast. Spew moment. Let's break it down. Time for a breakdown. What exactly is the deal with algae blooms? They're natural, right? So what's the problem? Well, in truth, not all algae blooms are harmful. Most blooms, in fact, are beneficial because the tiny buggers are food for animals in the ocean. And they are actually a major source of energy that fuels the ocean food web. Unfortunately, when we let them get out of hand because, well, we've contributed to their existence, then they can start coming up with harmful algae blooms. A small percentage of algae can produce a powerful toxin that can kill us, fish, shellfish, mammals, and birds. And it indirectly or directly causes illnesses in people just living near it, not actually coming in contact with it. Masses of algae die, and it's the decomposition of them, the decaying process, that can deplete oxygen in the water. And that's what's causing another huge problem. The oxygen becomes so low that animals either leave... they die in the area. Trust me, the huge massive dead zone in Louisiana should be a sign of what's going on. And now in Florida, it's starting to look like we're going to have another dead zone if we don't start doing something about it. That was a brief spew breakdown. So here's a spew's look at what's going on in Florida, namely red tide. It's the big news story, right? Water overflow from Lake Okeechobee in South Central Florida, if you're not familiar with it. It's basically, if you looked at the Florida and the pan part of it, right about South Central of it, there's this big lake. Normally, it would have a rainy season that would make it overflow into the Everglades. Everglades, by the way, a.k.a. marshlands, are absolutely the most unique and dynamic ecosystem out there. Did you know that marshes, a square acre of marshland, actually cleans more of our air than any square acre of environment anywhere else on the planet. Yeah, that's including rainforests. We need marshlands to keep our air clean. 
And already in Florida, we've done a number on that. It basically got developed. So what they did is they never wanted Lake Okeechobee to overflow south again. So the Army Corps of Engineers created little lake overflows that routed not south, but east and west into the Atlantic and the Gulf. This has deprived the Everglades of much-needed water, damaging this incredibly unique ecosystem. But it's also an extremely problematic situation for our coast. Because the water has been heavily polluted. Primarily from big sugar. Agriculture runoff from farms surrounding the lake have also caused a problem. We're going to get more into what's going on with the big sugar situation coming up. But first, water management. Who's doing that? Who's controlling it? Well, it used to be a function of the federal government, but since it's been regulated to the states, and some states have implemented runoff pollutant guidelines, Florida, sadly, is not one. Tell me a story. Here's the history on that. Federal Water Pollution Control Act was in 1948, and it provided for comprehensive planning, technical services, research, and financial assistance by the federal government to the state and local governments for sanitary infrastructure. The Water Act was amended in 1965, and it made it a little more uniform. There were some more changes. And then we got into some more comprehensive federal regulations with regard to water. It was the increased environmental concerns that came about in the 1970s, which made the EPA get its start, created by... Well, I'm not a crook. I've earned everything I've got. President Richard Nixon. It's probably one of the best things he'll go down in history for. Unfortunately, through the decades, we've kept messing with that, and then we deregulated it and made it a state's issue, which brings us to our current problem in Florida. A commission was formed to study the issue in 2000, but the state Republicans... Hey, I'm not even being biased here. That's just the facts. The state Republicans defunded this effort and have consistently voted down attempts to restart it. Now, this didn't come down to just a case of, well, our state got a little lazy and everybody got to do what they wanted to. No. If you have a business or live in a gated community in Florida, you must keep your stormwater runoff on your property until the property in the water has been filtered. This keeps it from contaminating our public drinking water sources. However, this regulation expressly does not apply to... Big Sugar. Congratulations, you've won nothing. Uh, Which has allowed them to store their dirty water on public land. Furthermore, the South Florida Water Management District facilitates the release of that tainted water into public waterways. Of course, we can't completely blame Florida. I mean, Mother Nature did add a little to it. Hurricane Irma. It dredged up a fair amount of ocean sediment, which made matters worse. So what is red tide? If all of this stuff is coming from the fresh water, isn't it more of a green tide or green allergy problem? Well, we'll get to that next. So what's the deal with red algae and green algae and Lake Okeechobee and our oceans and golf? Hey, I'm Margie. And this is the Spew's take on it. Well, for starters, we've got that blue-green algae, which thrives in fresh water. It is unnatural, and it's fueled by pollutants from the runoff of big sugar agriculture and the residential fertilizers and poor septic system maintenance. So what does blue algae have to do with red algae? Sure, red tide is a natural occurrence, so they tell you. But it becomes a bigger occurrence and a more strengthened occurrence because of the things we do. Excessive rains, runoff, high water temperatures, 
plus the presence of dead blue-green algae. We've got tons of it coming from Lake Okeechobee, and instead of going into our Everglades, it's getting run off into our Atlantic and our Gulf. It is now becoming huge amounts of food for red algae. Red algae then grows and blooms, and it creates red tide. So how bad is red tide right now? Well, there's been reports of it stretching 30 miles offshore. It's also expected to continue through 2019. They have captains off of sailboats that have said they have seen thousands of dead fish out at sea. And that's not including the thousands of dead fish we've seen come washing up on shores. We've seen everything from sea turtles, dolphins, manatees, stingrays, sharks, groupers, and whale shark all have been found on shore dead. Now, I'm just alleging this because it's what I've heard. I'm not actually saying it's the truth. I'm doing a big giant disclaimer here, but it is what I have heard that there is a suspicious quietness that comes from, say, Moat Marine, where those animals go to because of, well, a particular donator to Moat Marine who's financed a lot of stuff for them would want to be shown in a bad light. But that's just the rumors, the allegations that I've heard that are alleged that aren't necessarily true. Disclaimer in place. Ah, speaking of problems that this is also causing for human life, it's being recognized as their neurotoxins that are causing upper respiratory infections, rashes, gastrointestinal infections. It's been linked to certain cancers like liver and lung cancer, as well as Alzheimer's and ALS disease. Most vulnerable, of course, are our children, elderly, and those with lung issues. Now, there are other things that are coming to this. Is that sad is that the Florida Department of Health nor local hospitals are tracking individuals whose health has been affected. Some physicians are alleging that this is because officials want to downplay the impact to reduce the blow to tourism, which, of course, is the biggest economic driver in Florida. But speaking of money to Florida... $3 $3 million has been allocated for cleanup. A company has been hired to remove the algae from the water. Its toxicity will then be tested, and then it will be placed in landfill. Oh, hey, that brings up another thought. You know, when you've got that pollutant of all these blue-green algae and the red tide that's going out and sea, hmm, what happens to a lot of water? It evaporates, goes up into clouds, the clouds float around a bit, and then comes down in rain. So, oh, yeah. We could be getting a double dose of this stuff, and it could be all over the country. But hey, with $3 million being spent for cleanup, that's not a bad price. We'll be fine, right? Unfortunately, that's not going to stop it from occurring. And if we don't do anything about it, it's only going to get stronger and worse. Waterfall from Lake Okeechobee must be restored to the Everglades. That's where we got to start. We got to let those marshes go back to doing what they do best. It will clean it better than anything we could do. This was actually such a great idea that it was the plan. Years ago, the state would buy some of the land south of Lake Okeechobee, owned by Big Sugar, to implement restoration and reroute water back to the Everglades. However, Rick Scott, governor, he shut down that deal. Making matters even worse, in 2017, a Republican-backed legislative action made it so that this land, specifically what's owned by Big Sugar, cannot be acquired by eminent domain. So are we stuck? Is that it? No. When we come back, the spew's going to look at what you can do. 
So now we know we can't force sugar out of there using eminent domain. So what can we do? Well, it was a law. So laws can be changed. Here's how you can help. You can start helping out the folks that are doing the cleanup and reporting on it. Captains for Clean Water. You can get a hold of them with uh, the kalasuwaterkeeper.org. That's C-A-L-U-S-A waterkeeper.org or you can work with onetree.org they're trying to plant more trees around the area so they can help filter it but otherwise what else can you do get involved donate if you can spread the word make some noise to your politicians and media make sure they're hearing about what's happening in florida and that you're aware of it and this is your vacation state this is where you want to keep beautiful beaches and and great places to go make sure your politicians know that you are behind them when they go to try to change the rules and laws that are protecting the situations that are making matters worse Well, that's going to wrap it up for this round of The Spew. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Margie.